great to have Derry Girls back, isn't it? What an incredible return. And now we get to meet the glorious people behind the show. Let's start with Lisa McGee, the creator and writer. <laughs> Director Michael Lennox. And the brilliant cast, Saoirse Monica Jackson. Nicola Coughlin. Dylan Llewellyn. And Louisa Harlan. I thought, congratulations, congratulations, particularly Lisa, yeah. on, because this is the difficult second series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ian Katz uh, of Channel 4 mentioned all the stats at the beginning there, like the most popular show ever on TV in Northern Ireland. Yeah. Channel 4's biggest comedy launch since 2004, no pressure. <laughs> Did you feel, so coming up with the second series, had you started writing it anyway when, that, when it became a phenomenon, or was that was the phenomenon there and then you had to come up with? I, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about it until it was recommissioned. And um, I was a bit uh, nervous um, at the start about that, about coming up with these stories again. But um, the minute it was recommissioned, I knew it had to happen, and Mike needed something to shoot. So <laughs> I just, there came a point where you had to sort of get over that and just um, put that to one side and concentrate on what stories you want to tell and what first excited you, why I wanted to write this show in the beginning. Um, and then, you know, didn't sort of worry about how it would be received until this week. Right. <laughs> Just, and so yeah. far, it's going well. Yeah. <laughs> and you, I know you had a, uh, an event, you, sh you had the premiere in Derry itself on yeah. Monday. How did that go? And are you now, are you, you're like the Beatles, because like, <laughs> you know, you're on the cover of all the papers, weren't you? And how was the whole experience for you? We were in Belfast Airport, very hungover, with all the papers spread in front of us. We were like, oh God, people ask us for photos and you'd want to cry, be like, we are disgusting. <laughs> and you don't want, you don't want photo, a photo of that, of that happening. But it was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. yeah, obviously being from Derry myself, it's obviously so surreal. Um, Obviously, it's bigger when the rest of the guys are home, and it's like, oh my god, it's them! And so it's, it's, it's a lovely feeling and an incredible feeling having the screen in there to have the support of your hometown, and they fully support the show and back it, and they've really took took it to their hearts. And I'm also very proud of where I'm from and the fact that everybody in Derry are so welcome to you. So it's a, a lovely thing for me as well. They like they like Dylan the most. Yeah. yeah, it's really unfair. We did a pint pulling competition in Dylan pulled quite a weak pint, I think he'll admit, if he's yeah. honest. <laughs> and um, they were like, oh, the wee English fella was the best one. <laughs> they kept saying, stop telling them what to do, stop. And I was like, we're, we're literally not, yeah. but they love you, don't they? Yeah. Every time we spoke at the dairy screening, they got a round of applause. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm an alien or something. You're just that witty and funny. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, what? I'm kind of like uh, the uh, Jack yeah. Charlton. Yeah, I say he's the most <laughs> beloved English man in Ireland since Jack Charlton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bad. That was, wow. Oh, we yeah, love that. Jack. Do you oh, know cool. it's like I was yeah, yeah, Irish yeah, yeah. people here? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Jack was the big guy, right? Yeah. 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 So you're like the, you're like the manager of this team. Is that how you see us? Yeah. 
So what did people come up to you and what do people say to you when they see you and recognise you? Oh, they always call me wee English fella. Right. Um, <laughs> I sometimes get dick. Uh, <laughs> right. yeah. Don't be a dick, James. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A mix. A mix. And Louisa, in terms of the audience response and, the, and, and all of that, is it, is that kind of, I guess it's changed your life in a way. Does it feel that way to you, that, you, that it's kind of changed things so dramatically. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've, I've really absorbed it. I don't think any of us have really taken it in. And um, yeah, we're, it's, everything is still very exciting to us and still incredibly cool. If you go into Derry and people call you by name, that's very cool for me. And yeah, it's, it's been amazing. We, it's been amazing. Overwhelming, I think I would say. Yeah. 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 And in terms of the, the second series, do you, Lisa, do you, did you well, going back to the first series, you, you've talked in a lot about how it is based on your own um, experiences yes, to some yeah, extent. Yeah, inspired by. Yeah. Inspired by. <laughs> did you for the for the big storylines? Do those come from? I'm I'm obsessed with the extent. Or, or did all these things happen? You did have an inspirational teacher like Dead Poets Society. Did um, you have a trip where you had to bond with uh, Protestants and oh, Catholics bonding together? That's yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. That they just sort of push you together in these very unnatural situations and turn four shooty mix, You fun. know. My <laughs> Yeah, like me and Mike working on this show's cross community. <laughs> um, but it, but it's um, it never went. Obviously, it never went according to plan. And all the all the Catholic girls were interested in was getting off with Protestant boys. There was no sort of. So yeah, that that happened. Um, it was called Reach Across. Yeah, yeah. Reach Across. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Play football, anything. Just right. to meet the Protestants. Just reach across. Somehow reach across. Just to reach across. But that is a classic example, isn't it, of how you're dealing with, I mean, you know, dealing with is even the wrong word, but the background of the troubles and of the, the politics of the situation, you deal with it in such a light, with such a light touch. Is that something that you have to work on, that tone, or is it something that comes naturally? Not, not really, I, I suppose, because I've loved it. And there is, um, I think, to people outside of Northern Ireland, it's quite a strange sense of humour because they've had to find a way to deal with, a, you know, a weird sense of a weird set of circumstances and some very dark things. And um, they've developed this sort of strange sense of humour that I think um, that, that the tone of the, sh the, the show um, co comes from that, really. Mm -hmm. And Mike, in terms of directing, you directed all of the first series and all of this series. Yeah. So, do you work closely together on that, on establishing that tone and getting it right, getting that kind of balance between the references to the the issues going on in the background and just that it's incredibly funny at the same time? Absolutely. You no, know, we have I've known Lisa for um, ten years. Do you know what I mean? So, what's great about the whole Dare Girls experience, like working with your mates. So there's real energy, you know, on set, you know, and on the floor. So it's great when it comes to filming, you know, in that sense. Yeah. But also for me, um, there's been some amazing stuff done in Northern Ireland before, but there's not enough done on places like Derry. There's not enough done on the sort of lighter side or the more positive side, and that Derry can have these serious issues, but it could be mad and extremely funny. Do you know at the yeah. same time? So it was about capturing that, um, capturing that balance and tone. Yeah. Because you could have, again, you said you could have done the show about a, a Catholic girls' school. Now you could have been a contemporary story, yeah. but was that decision to to make it in that period? Well, key to making it as special as it is. When I first started developing it, I, I was going to avoid the troubles because I just thought I can't be bothered. And I always <laughs> said when I was young, um, I ne never write about the troubles. I'm sick of them, you know. And, and um, then Liz Lewin, who I work closely with, she's one of the execs. She's here. Um, so, so I told her that and she was like, yeah, we'll have a try. But maybe, you know, maybe the troubles is the interesting thing and maybe your real experience is 
what's going to be you know more authentic and that I, I have no experience outside of being a teenager in the troubles so it 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 doesn't feel very natural to no. try and you know bring it up to date um so that that would have been a very bad idea i think i'm sure it would have been a great show but this, this is the master stroke <laughs> And Sasha, Michael, you guys, starting with you, Sasha, what was your when you read the scripts for series two? What, what did you? What was your? Did you have kind of strong ideas about how your characters should go on, or did you just let let the, let Lisa write it all and then you read the scripts and then what was your reaction? <coughs> well, Lisa's writing is obviously so brilliant that um, I would just look, like to leave it down to Lisa, obviously. But I, I do think this series, everyone's character has changed a bit, and we all have that sort of step up. I think, especially for Erin, she becomes slightly more. She becomes slightly braver, and um, she's more entitled to what she's sort of entitled to the image that she has of herself a bit more, and strives for that. But obviously, as we've seen before, she's constantly knocked down from her parents and sister Michael and everybody else around her and her friends. <laughs> but um, I don't think with this series at all, we keep saying this. There's no second album fear. I feel like Lisa's really outdone herself with this, and it's it's braver and older. And it I mean, your character, you had an incredible <laughs> moment in that final episode yeah, yeah, yeah. coming out as, as a lesbian and all of that. What's yeah. been the response to that? Unbelievable. It's been amazing. We were terrified to shoot that scene because when you, if it was a drama, it would have been very straightforward. You would have known kind of the beats to hit. And, but then it was terrifying to do it as a comedy because you don't want to undermine anyone's experience or make fun of that. So Saoirse and I talked about it a lot and Mike and Lisa were amazing at how they kind of guided us through it. We needed to just trust. We filmed that in the first week of series one when we didn't know each other very well, you know. So it was scary, but oh my God, so many messages. I have so many people come up to me going, I'm a real lesbian. And I said to another woman the other day, congratulations. And I thought, <laughs> I don't know if that's the right response, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in that first episode of this series, did you, you're doing all your own stunts there? You're like Tom Cruise on there? That was the first day like, of my life. <laughs> um, my agent who's here rang me up and she was like, I just need to ask you something. I was like, yeah, yeah. She was like, dairy girls want to throw you off a cliff. And I went, what? And then I said I was fine with it, but that day there was a, there was a, there was a lot of crying. You'll see at some point, if you see the close-ups, there's just no makeup left on my face because I was terrified. I did, be, I did all of it except for the bit where she smacks against the wall. That was a lovely stunt woman. But I was hung up on that harness for quite a few hours, wasn't I, Mike? Yeah, you were. You were good. <laughs> you were, <laughs> you feel bad about it now? Uh, I, said, I said to Lisa, don't even try and put me in a kayak or I'm walking. <laughs> we get another series of just no, no, water, no water. Yeah, I was trying to work out if, you know, where the stunt woman might Literally, have been, the smack against the wall is her, unfortunately, yeah, right. everything else was me. And I came down um, during the lunch break of that day and I was like, everyone's going to think I'm amazing. And I went and I got a plate of chips because I was like, I deserve to eat just chips today because I'm so brave. And went into the, to the dining bus and Jamie Lee and Saoirse were talking about something completely different. I was like, I can't believe you didn't just say how great I was. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't seem fair. But yeah, no, I did, I did yeah. most of that. <laughs> And Dylan, um, James, is, James uh, there's the eyeliner scene, which I, which yeah. I love, that uh, yeah. <laughs> great, great moment. How do you feel about that? Do you embrace that as a... As a yeah, yeah, why not? Hey, like Bowie can do it, why not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, I think it's cool. I think he's, yeah, he's embracing his feminine side as well. Um, <laughs> and the girls are taking him under his wing. It's tough love, but yeah, <laughs> I think. There is yeah. something incredibly refreshing, though, isn't there? It's about, about him being kind of... The, in fact, in the, in the first episode, when you're trying to be macho, yeah. which was hilarious, <laughs> that does underline, isn't it, the fact that he's not a, a traditional no, macho no. character. Yeah, exactly. He was struggling uh, <laughs> to be a lad. Um, it just wasn't working, and he ended up being looking like a sexist. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Um, so he's just... Sticking with the gals, because it kind of works. <laughs> so, yeah. who, who did you base the lad accent on? Was there anyone in particular? Was there a bit... <laughs> a little bit of a Danny Dyer yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. But, um, yeah. Yeah. 
You, are, you could be the new Danny Dyer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Louisa, all I find all of just because she's like the most joyously eccentric figure, isn't she, in, in the middle of it all? What's the, what your, what, kind of, what's your favourite thing about her and about kind of stuff that she gets to do in this second series? I, I think my favourite thing about her is that she doesn't censor herself and she doesn't care what other people think and I think we could all do with a bit of order. I wish I was still like that. Um, but I keep on comparing her to Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. Like, she's a <laughs> gibbet a will-of-a-wisp clown, and I think she plays the role that Tigger does within that Winnie the Pooh gang, and I'm very happy to play that role. <laughs> but with a hunting knife. Yeah. But with a hunting yeah. knife, and a lot of sweets. I know, I'm livid you could have a bit where Orla was pointing the knife at the Protestants. That's my yeah. one. I threatened Father Peter, I think, in the original. You were like, don't mess with me, Peter! Like, what can you do it? <laughs> my only quip, only complaint. Okay, <laughs> Sorry. Claire, no, no. Claire. <laughs> At least I was going to ask you, do you think this, this, is, this series two arrives, um, happens to arrive in a week of incredible amount of television, but shows like Fleabag's back, um, and it feels like, do you feel this is a part of a, almost a little wave, a mini wave of like female-driven <coughs> shows that are written by women, focused mainly starring with women, you know, start going back maybe to girls and yeah, yeah. chewing gum and shows. Do you, does it feel that way, or is this just a show you've written from your heart and from your experience? Um, well, sort of, well, both, but um, I think... It does feel like something's happening. Mm. Um, I think those stories were always there, and now maybe they're getting a chance to get put out into the world. I think what we're really seeing is um, female characters, new types of female characters. So um, I love Fleabank. She's not very likable, though, you know, but right. it's a, an amazing show, an amazing piece of writing. But I love the... Um, it's, it's, a, it's a type of woman that I think lots of us recognise as well in our 20s and stuff. I think um, also Daisy May Cooper, I love this country. I think yeah. the character Daisy May Cooper plays in that, who's this sort of, you know, young woman who pretends she's sort of hard and in gangs and the people are <laughs> afraid of her all up and down the country. I know women like that. I've never, ever seen them on that, that sort of Egypt on TV, be female, if you know what I mean. And these... The, the girls in, in this show, you know, so I like now that we're getting to see not just women being funny, but maybe in ways we that only men were allowed to mm. were allowed to play before, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, Michael, you you are allowed as as a man to direct the show. Then does it what, does it feel like you're in the middle of a of a female driven thing though? And is that an important element of it to you? <laughs> <laughs> you laugh. <laughs> No, I don't really. I don't really think about that. No? I've got. I've got Dylan. Mm. <laughs> I've got Dylan. Is that important? We're, the two we're, of you. We're, the we're two close of you together on right. set. We're outnumbered. Right. No, no, no. It's 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 great. It's 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 a real treat for me. I mean, to get first of all to get to direct all of them, and get to direct you know Lisa's work. You're only as you're only as good as the material you get. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I'm indebted to everyone here, and especially Lisa. What was the difference between you guys now doing the second series? Like, do you, can you, going back, do you remember your first day on set for series one when you all you didn't know each other? What was that like contrasted to now when you do know each other and you do have bonded and you're back filming this new series? We, we all thought we were going to get fired for the whole series. <coughs> like, that's not even a joke. We like, did the read-through and we're like, that was a nice day that we read that script and now we're done. And they'll realise they've made a huge mistake. It was only on the very, very last day of filming. We, went, we got one of our drivers to go through McDonald's drive-through with us and then we went... Guys, we didn't get fired, and we were so thrilled. And I think we feel like less like we're going to get fired. In <laughs> and how was it? And going back when you when you reunited for the start of filming this series, how was that? How did it feel? Um, so was when you when you when you started filming on this series, <laughs> yeah. series two, was that a completely different experience? Then now you all know each other. Yeah, yeah, big time. I feel like it's kind of um, you, you you 
see your old friends again sort of thing. And I think we, we didn't have that kind of teething period of um, discovering our character in the first season. Second season, we knew we like, yeah. we could, when we were on the read through, reading the script, we kind of um, had the voices of yeah. the other characters in our head and the chemistry with the cast had just really clicked, yeah, second time around. Yeah. And you're spending a lot of time, I guess, you know, all day on set with each other. It's pretty, pretty much every scene, most scenes you're in yeah. together. Do you, are you, do you get sick of each other or do you even carry oh on? God, do you I socialise? Them. They're the worst <laughs> people. Tell them I had to give me a grand literally to sit on the stage with them because they're so awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> we, we actually choose to spend time together out of yeah. offset. It's so crazy. We yeah. actually like each other. It's weird. Like we're, <laughs> like we're in boarding school. We're in these apartments yeah. together at night time. So it's, it's 24 7, but it's great. <laughs> it's great. Do you have a sense of this? Uh, we're talking about the, 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 how it's become. It's not just a, a show on TV. It's a phenomenon. It's a pop culture phenomenon. Do you, do you have a sense of why yourselves? Do you, do you sit back and think, oh, <coughs> why, why has it become such a huge thing? I think it's down to so many elements. Obviously, the 90s is so fashionable at the minute. And obviously, the political aspect, obviously, ironically, reflects today. And that's accidental. Um, but I really think it definitely comes down to Lisa's writing and Mike's directing. and combining that together had such a brilliant, unique, authentic vision for the show and for us it's just mm -hmm. great to be part of it. The cast is so good as well yeah. and Judith was so yeah. good. Judith is who plays Mr. Bruin there. in yeah. the second episode. Yeah, he plays here tonight Mr. Bruin. Probably um, absolutely mortified mm. now. Yeah, but Jeff, it was a lot of luck, you know, you're very lucky to find all these actors and for just to sort of click and work. So, you know, it was yeah. a lot of, there was a lot of luck involved in it as well, I think. And now that they're, now for you, the, the, the writer of it, now that you know these people, the characters and the, and the actors playing them, would, did that make writing it easier as well? Yeah, it makes definitely the lines and the jokes a bit easier because you, you know what way they'll sound, I suppose, and you also know there might have been something in series one I wouldn't have risked, but I know, like, Saoirse will land that, you know, so I'll, I'll, I'll try it or whatever, you know, with, and with all of them, I've, I've sort of... Taking maybe more risks I wouldn't have last year because I know that I know how good they are now. Is it hard to get the period element of it? Is it hard to get that right? And is it hard to not overdo it in a way that you know you're kind of and, and to make? I guess it's the nineties, isn't so long ago. Yeah, I, mean, you know, <laughs> I remember it very clearly, and it feels, <laughs> you know, there is that universal universality to yeah. it. I feel like oh yeah, of course we would have been talking about um, the usual suspects. I, and I think maybe if I'd have been because I was a teenager at that time, there's something sort of just that never leaves your mind. It's sort of there, and it's... If I write, was writing a show, say, about the 70s, I might overdo it with the references, because I'm not as right. familiar, but it's just... It's that thing of, I think, we all get stuck a wee bit at around that age, and that music's sort of secretly our favourite music, and we say things like, the films were better then, and do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, <laughs> the, the references are sort of all there, because I loved through it. And the music, do you, do you, pick, do you pick the music, do you put music um, suggestions in the script or does that come later when you're... Some, yeah, yeah. Some, some, yeah, some music suggestions are on there, are on there and um, some, me, Mike and the other execs talk about and the editors, you know, we all, we all think, think about that, yeah. yeah, so it's a mixture really. And in terms of like, the, the look of it, I feel like looking, is it the case that, you know, did you have more money to spend in terms of it feels like slightly no. bigger now visually more slightly more am i imagining that i don't know no that's a great thing thank you yeah, yeah. i'll take it you'll take it i'll take it every time no it's just with the, with the second season we wanted to continue what we did with the first but we always want to be more ambitious mm. 
you know what I mean? When yeah. Lisa was doing, let's do Abseiling or let's do Dead Poet Society homage right. or all the other stuff and we've got in the episode, I think that's what makes it fun for someone, for someone like me. I think Mike and I also have this sort of obsession with um, showing Northern Ireland in a pretty, nice, yeah. bright... Yeah. <laughs> it looks amazing, yeah. ...non-scary way. So, um, yeah, that, that's very important to us, you know, that it looks yeah. like somewhere you might want to go yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> now, as well as being a huge triumph on Channel 4, the show is also on Netflix, which means it's become a global phenomenon. How is that, you know, do you now get attention from around the world, from mm -hmm. Americans? How is that? Yeah, Louise and I, we went to New York for my birthday. And we kind of thought no one will, the show had been out like two weeks there or something, so we kind of thought no one will, will know who we are. The minute I landed at JFK, these girls came over and were like, you look like Claire from Dairy Girls. I was like, I am her. This is so <laughs> weird. And we got sent shots in all the bars that we went to. We should, we should bring over here. I feel like that's a great thing. She would be like, oh, look, your show, here's alcohol. You're like, oh, okay, this is great. Yeah. Uh, that was, it was so bizarre, wasn't great. it? Great. <laughs> yeah. Really. So bad. Dylan, how's it changed it for you? Have you got, had a lot of tension globally? Yeah, well, no, it's just map like all over. Um, but yeah, especially Ireland. The Ireland it's like Ireland's baby, really. And um, but yeah, like you said, um, worldwide, you've been getting love from like Cuba and Brazil and like like the most random places. Uh, love the show, and it's really it's really nice feeling to know that. Yeah. Mm. And in t this this the, there's a huge thirst for the show. I mean, like you know this, this screening. People were anticipating this, you know, everyone I spoke to was incredibly excited about it. Um, now that it's about to be out there, are you, are you, and now you've watched it on a big screen, all of that, you, you're kind of, you're confident that it's going to get another, another great response, and, and you kind of, is that a relief, having made all I wouldn't this? say I am confident until <laughs> oh. it does that, you know, like, I just think you never know, you just never know, and, um, yeah, fingers crossed, and I just don't want to... Do, we did an amazing thing, I think, last year, especially in, in Northern Ireland, you know, and I don't want people to be disappointed. So I'm just like, I hope we've, we do the same again. I'm pretty confident that. Oh, thank you. you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right, let's throw it open to the audience. We've got about 10, 15 minutes. If you, there's roving mics, so if you put your hand up, if you're a journalist, say where you're from. If you're not, then just ask a question. Lady in the second row in the middle. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, Hi, yeah, I just wanted to say hello. Um, I'm just starting out as a writer with comedy and um, Dairy Girls is so inspirational, so I just wanted to say thank you because like, oh, it's awesome and it's really cool to see like really girl-driven stuff and yeah, it's really inspirational. Um, so yeah, thank you. Um, basically, just like, uh, I just wanted to know like if you had any advice for like people starting out on, in the industry, especially uh, comedy and television sitcom comedy, and what that is. Um, well, I, I sort of started writing drama and then fell into writing comedy by writing about very specific things I wanted to sort of explore. And I think um, what I one piece of advice I always give the writers starting out is just find the people that share the same uh, vision as you. So like, you know, the two execs, I worked to, with the two female execs on Derry Gears, I've worked with for years. And um, yeah, the, the other thing I think is when you're just starting out, you're so keen to get something made that you just say yes to everything, every note's great and all that. But I think learning the difference between a good note and a bad note is really important. You know, not being closed off to every sort of change, but um, also knowing when you're right. And it's hard to <laughs> sometimes always judge that, but, but um, 
I think if you just sort of listen to yourself and your instincts and why you wanted to do it in, in the first place and what story you're trying to tell, you'll, you'll, you'll know. I don't know if that's any help. So. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Who's <laughs> next? Oh, right at the back. Hi. I'm Rachel Thompson from Mashable. Um, so I have a question about the music because um, I noticed in the first series that there was a, a song by the Cranberries that was the, the theme song. I think it's Dreams. Yeah. And I noticed just now in like the two episodes we watched that there were like at least three Cranberries songs. Yeah. And I just wondered mm. if that was deliberate because my parents are Northern Irish and they are obsessed with the Cranberries. Yeah. And I, growing up in that household, they played the same album nonstop. So yeah, the, was it No Need to Argue? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so and three of the songs I think were just were from that album. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to know if it was on purpose. Well, I'm a big fan of the Cranberries, and mm -hmm. I think l last year it was um, mm -hmm. we tried that song, and um, it wasn't like to, to be honest, I wasn't definitely sure about it. But I I I thought um, maybe it's a bit too Irishy, you know, like maybe you're, you're hitting it too hard. And Fiona McDermott actually from Channel Four said, "No, look, you should just use the the, the Cranberries. It's it's brilliant," and everybody. Will, you know, respond to that, and they did. And it, 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 then that, that's like now given us, I suppose, more confidence to use more of them because we know it was. People went, oh God, remember the Cranberries? And remember how brilliant they were? And um, yeah, and th that album is amazing. So yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And lady right in the middle of the back. Yeah. Um, I just want to say I'm English, and I'm old. <laughs> But I think the humour in this is universal. <laughs> I don't think it's about Derry as much. Uh, obviously, it is about Derry. But I was at school, a girls' school in the 1960s. And all my contemporaries find this very, very well observed. We had a headmistress. It wasn't a Catholic school. Our headmistress, Miss Sykes, we had to queue up to see, and that was Sister Michael, and there was a boys' school. And I think why this series has done so well, not just in Ireland, because everything is, is universal. The humour transcends Aww. for all um, age groups, and everybody can see something very, very funny in the whole of it. And also for people who know anything about um, religion, Catholicism, um, you don't have to be Northern Irish and the troubles to know that everything that Lisa has written is very, very funny across the board, I think. Well Thank done. Thank you so much. You. Can I just say that's my mother-in-law? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Any other questions from people not related to the <laughs> gentleman there? <laughs> Hello. Uh, I film quite a lot in Northern Ireland, in Belfast, and it's quite a good machine there with the Titanic Studios and so on. What's it like not filming in Belfast in Northern Ireland? What's it like, sorry, not? not Facilities, oh, ease so of access, so, so all that sort of stuff. When we film in Derry? Yeah. What's it like? What's it like filming there? <laughs> Derry's an amazing place to Derry's an amazing place to film. And I'm not just saying that. Cause, <laughs> cause you're, you're from Derry, talk about it all the time. Belfast, not a boring fact. Belfast is quite flat, so sometimes it could be uninteresting to film. But Derry's this whole other place full of colour. We called it the other day in the Q and A. It's like a mini San Francisco. 
Do you know what I mean? It, it's something else, do you know, on the itself. And for me, it's a, it's, it's a visual dream and it's great. But also filming in Derry, the people are so receptive. Yeah, they're really, yeah, they love it. Yeah. <laughs> do you get disrupted by like crowds forming and paparazzi and all of that? Well, we were quite worried about it for series two because it was huge in Derry. Um, but there, there were crowds, but they were very respectful mm -hmm. of it and very sort of. Nearly like they would tell all their people off or make a no everybody right. in the yeah. whole city yeah. just kind of be quiet because we were filming, you know, right. um, telling the dogs off for barking sort of thing, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it was a brilliant experience. I loved, I loved shooting there. Thank you. Uh, just uh, three rows from the front. Thank you. Um, my name is Robin Parker from Broadcast Magazine. I suppose speaking as a viewer, selfishly, we want as much of this show as we, as we can. You're but one writer. Um, and it's about the teenage years. Do you have in your head an idea of how far you want to follow these, these, these girls and whether it's even possible for others to join you in that writing team as hopefully more series are, are made? And do you feel the pressure to write quickly now to get, make the most of it while the, while the iron's hot and while the show's yeah, um, in production? I, yeah, they're very good points. I, I, um, I definitely have an end point I'd like to get to. I've, sort of always thought I would try and follow, follow a political, sto like big political broad story from <coughs> one point to, you know, the point where I'd like to take it. Um, and the gang would stay around that age, um, or, you know, or a year or two older. The gang stays sort of much as they are for that period. But yeah, in terms of like, it would be lovely to have all the writers because it does a lot of, it's hard work. And um, it's hard thinking of the story sometimes, and but it's so particular. It's it would be quite difficult to uh, let go of, I suppose, as well. You know, it's so specific. Um, it's not just an Irish show or a, a female show. It's about you know a very certain moment in time and a really. Like Derry's not even like Belfast, do you know what I mean? It's its own peculiarities yeah. and stuff. So yeah, it's um, it, but there definitely is a pressure. I feel like you know, uh, uh, well, it depends if we're allowed to make more. But I would, uh, I think this, there's more story, in it definitely. I bet you will be allowed to make more. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, gentlemen, in just a row back, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Um. It's actually quite interesting watching it on the, on the big screen and what went in through my head when I was watching it was, you know, would you ever th consider making it into a movie version of Derry Girls? Oh, good question. Yeah, I, I, I would love to, I think. I don't, <laughs> the 90-minute thing sort of terrifies me, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure I could, if I could find a sort of structure that worked and a story that worked, um, yeah, it would be... I, I, I think I'd, yeah, I'd love to give it a crack. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get the offer, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I think I think it'd be a brilliant, brilliant. I mean, given the international reaction as well, I think it'd be very well worth thinking about. Yeah. I bet you'd like the right. Yeah. Yeah. just at the end. Hiya, um, I'm Roisin Lanigan, I'm from ID. Um, I know that you said there that it's obviously not just a show about women, it's not just an Irish show, but one of the things that really struck me when I watched it when the first season came out was that you never get a chance to see 
Irish female characters that are funny, especially not in Troubles things. It's yeah. always, you're someone's sad girlfriend <laughs> or um, you're someone's bereaved wife. And oh God, did he do a lot. Um, yeah. But I just wondered like how conscious were you of that and like whether that was something that you wanted to address and like rectify? Definitely, that has always annoyed me so much <laughs> because the women in Northern Ireland, or in Ireland, Irish women, I think are so funny. And um, yeah, they're just always so, they're always victims, yeah. always victims of, of, you know, <coughs> something to do with the political situation or the Catholic Church or whatever. And while all those stories are dead important and we need to see them and hear them, I just think there needs to be joy as well, you know, and we need to be allowed to tell the stories that other people from around the, the world are, you know, are allowed to as well. Thank you. Oh, yep, there you go. Oh, hi. Um, I'm Sally Abbott, and I'm a writer. And Lisa, I've got to say that oh to, to women writers, you are our goddess. And, and you are all goddesses, especially Dylan. Um, um, but uh, and, and, we, and it was amazing. Like, Derry Girls coming out last year was just amazing. And that, that, you know, women and girls and Dylan, obviously, can be funny. And that's great. I just wanted to ask a question, which is, what have you found as the difference between writing drama and writing comedy? Uh, I'm a big fan of yours. <laughs> um, they're both just really, really painful in different ways, you know? <laughs> and I think the, the, the sort of, oh God, the structure of the hour-long drama is just agony, where you're, it's just awful, and um, the amount of story it eats up, and, you know, I, I start writing a drama, and I think, oh, I've got, I've got a whole, I have a whole first series, and it'll be used in the first act of the first um, episode. With comedy, it's that every line's examined for, it has to be funny, so that um, I also find structure and comedy hard as well, and story hard and all that. But, um, but it's that every every single um, sentence has to be earn, earn its place. It, it has a job. It has to make people laugh. So um, I I just think they're difficult in different ways. And when I'm writing the comedy stuff, I want to write drama. And when because I'm fed up, it's too hard. And when I'm writing drama, I want to write comedy. So it just I don't, yeah, it's, I, I just feel like it's all agony. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Sally. The gentleman in the middle of that row, yeah, there. Thanks. Right. Um, two questions. Uh, firstly, to uh, Louisa and Nicola. Um, Sasha and Jamie Lee have a head start because they're from Derry, but <laughs> did you have difficulties getting the accent right? And secondly, to uh, Lisa, um, it's, it's a question about... Uh, James's father, because the, the, the story is that uh, James's mom got pregnant and went to England for an abortion, which she didn't carry through with. Yeah. So presumably she got pregnant in Derry. So presumably James's dad is not just still alive, but also still in Derry. No, she got pregnant in Mallorca on a... Who, <laughs> an English guy. So James is half English, half Irish. <laughs> Is this a revelation? I didn't know Mallorca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's breaking news. <laughs> she came back to Derry, discovered she was pregnant and Derry, and then um, went to England. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the accents. We were terrified. Terrifying. We were terrified, two of us. Yeah. Luckily, we have Sersha and Jamie um, on set as our kind of vocal coaches. But it, 
I it was really that. scary because when the show got announced, people were going, oh, why would they cast a girl from Dublin and go away to play Dairy Girls? And you're going, oh, God, I don't know why. And you just, yeah, and you really, I think <laughs> you want to then, you know, honour the people of Derry and, and not screw it up, basically. But my favourite <laughs> thing was that some of Saoirse's friends um, saw me on the show and went, no one knows who that wee girl is. No one knows where she went to school, who her friends are. <laughs> so they just thought I was some so strange. nosy, dairy people. Yeah, they thought I was some strange like, homeschool person that lived in, in a hovel that they'd never seen. So they thought I was really from there. So that was, that was great. Their accents are amazing. Um, yeah. And definitely as an actor, working alongside them, it um, makes you feel like you need to up your game anytime I'm approaching a script with an accent because their accents were flawless in the Ash. show. From ah. the star. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Brilliant. We've got Time for one more question, I think. So, and lady right in the second row down here. Oh, thank you. Hi there. Um, I just wanted to say I absolutely love the show. Me and Joshua, my friend here, are obsessed with it. Um, I last year, as we are sort of young actors starting out in our careers as well, so it's really inspiring for us to see, especially me as a woman, to see young female actresses doing something funny, as you were saying, echoing what was said about being victims, and I think that's generally the case with a lot of female characters. So it's really refreshing to see. Also, what I wanted to ask you was, for Lisa, the characters that you have, like the family and the, um, the supporting characters, are they based on like, at, like your actual family members? I mean, my granddad, was from, my granddad was from Northern Ireland and he <laughs> passed away a couple of years ago. And me and my mum always say, when we watch Derry Girls, Grandar Joe is just... It's him. It's just so incredibly oh, him. Even it, like in particular, sorry to keep rambling, but when she, when he says in the first season to Jerry when he, he makes the waitress cry that there was absolutely no need for that, <laughs> it is literally so accurate. But yeah, basically the characters you've written are they based on your friends and your family? Yeah, so they're sort of all combinations of different people. So the mums, but my mum and but my aunts and all, and, and the friends are different friends sort of put together and you just find what sort of, what mix works best. But interestingly, Granda Joe, my grandfather was called Joe and he is exactly, that's just him. That's exact, <laughs> very, you know, doesn't have to change any. Those sort of old school tough Northern Irish granddads, there, there, there was a lot of them about, I think. Thank you. Um, we have run out of time, so we could talk about Derry Girls all night, because it's so brilliant. And congratulations on a phenomenal return. Thank you. You want to watch it all again? Channel 4, <laughs> Tuesday, 5th of March, 9.15. Thank you very much. <laughs>